I'm going to share about how to experience a blessed life. And this was something I really struggled. Do I want to share this or not? Um, but the Lord gave me a dream. And so in the dream, I was actually preaching this message, and I heard my words. It wasn't just a snippet. And it was a long dream of me preaching this. And, and then I heard the Lord speak to me, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and I knew exactly what he meant. And he said, Sharon, they all shared truths, but from different perspectives, right? And so some of the stuff I'm going to share, you might have already heard through Tracy or Matthew, but I have a totally different perspective. Um, and so I, I feel like this is so important uh, because it's something that's very near and dear to Jesus's heart. You see, he left his most extravagant, glorious, beautiful heavenly realm to come to this God-forsaken earth and die a horrific death so that we could live a blessed life, right? And in John 10.10, it says that he came that we'd have life and have it more abundantly. Now, he didn't say some abundantly. He said more abundantly. And having a blessed life is not just finances, but that really helps. And that is a lot of it. But it also is being wealthy with friends and family, having favor, excelling in whatever your endeavor is. And it is also like divine protection and living a relatively drama and trauma-free life. So when I'm talking today, it will encompass some of that, but a lot of it is about the financial realm. And I feel like I'm a really good candidate to share about this because I actually was not always blessed. You see, I lived in poverty for over 14 years. And I'm not talking about the days when I was a child when I didn't have shoes. Or when I was a child and I had shoes, but the shoes were so little that I still have crooked toes. Or the days when we'd have to walk to the grocery store and fill up our grocery cart and take the cart home and then walk back in humility and drop the cart off because we didn't have a car. And I lived in Richardson, and Richardson was like Frisco. You know, so, you know, we, we were definitely the tail. But I'm talking, and that's BC, I'm talking about the days when I am a Jesus lover, I am sold out, on fire for God, and I am dirt poor. You see, I call it the land of not enough. So there was more month than there was money. And this was a season when I was having assistance. It was either a food bank, it was either food stamps, something like that, you know. And it went on and on and on and on. And I want to tell you, that is not God's will for your life. So I want you to learn from my mistakes. I want you to learn the principles that the Holy Spirit taught me so you don't have to live there. Because the Lord wants you to live not just in the land of just enough or not enough, but he wants you to live in the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. And that's where we're headed tonight. So if you have a pen, and I know that's old-fashioned, and paper, take notes, or get your iPhone out and take notes, because I'm going to share a lot of scriptures. And Tracy already said some of my message tonight, because we're going to start with the seed, because Jesus talks about the seed a lot. He talks about the farmer and agriculture, because the agriculture community depicts the kingdom of God. And we're going to pay a lot of attention to the farmer. So, um, you know, in Isaiah 55, it says that he gives seed to the sower. And again, in 2 Corinthians 9, 10, it says that he gives seed to the sower and he will multiply your seed 
Well, the sower, we're all sowers. The sower is a giver. But we sow lots of things in our life. You see, the seed has a potential to bear fruit, right, or produce a crop. And it has a potential, a potential. Some of our seeds are still in the ground. They're dormant. So it has a potential to bear much fruit. Now, we can plant good seeds, and that would be like we could plant love or kindness. And guess what? We're going to reap a harvest back of a bunch of love and a bunch of kindness. And if we want friends, we have to be friendly, and we reap a bunch of friends, right? So we kind of know that principle. But sometimes we're sowing bad seeds. And the reason why we're not living a blessed life is because we have sown some bad seeds. So if you're kind of in a pickle right now and you're going through a dilemma, then you might want to search your heart and ask the Lord, have, have I sown a bad seed? So for instance, let's say I sow unforgiveness or I sow hate. I'm going to reap a harvest back in my lifetime of those things. Let's say I stole something. Let's say I stole copy paper from my employer. I mean, little things. Well, you know what? You are going to reap a harvest back of theft in your life. And you need to repent quickly. So if you are going through something, ask the Holy Spirit and then repent. Because when you repent, guess what happens? It pronounces crop failure to that bad seed. Because we don't want to sow bad seed. We want increase. We want blessings. We want to have a harvest of good things in our life. So anyhow, so we, we're going to pay attention to the farmer, right? Because the farmer's, he's pretty smart about sowing seed. That's kind of his business, right? Well, you know what? Being a farmer, I think John could probably testify to this, is probably one of the hardest jobs out there. And this dude is not lazy. And so what we're doing right now, what I'm talking about, we cannot be lazy. This is going to take work. And we can't be lazy in the natural realm. You know, we can't sit at home and expect all this to work. Well, I gave money. No, we have to do our part. We have to work. We have to put our hands to something. And the farmer is smart because he didn't just toss the seed anywhere. He looks for fertile soil. And this is where some of us has, have missed it. And we're like, well, this isn't working. Well, because we just give to whatever, and we don't even ask the Lord. We need to give to a place that has integrity and is kingdom-minded. What do I mean by that? Some organizations, some ministries, it's all about building their kingdom, honestly. And I want to say, say that the storehouse here is not about that. It's about building God's kingdom. How many churches has the Lord spoken audibly to their pastor and told them, rebuild my temple? How many? How many has he called them to be a house of prayer? Didn't Jesus say my house should be a house of prayer? Right? And this is a house of prayer. We pray for you. We pray for your families. We pray for this city, and we pray for this nation. And we will be 24-7. This is a good ministry. And I'm telling you this not because I benefit. I make my own money, God willing, you know. Um, I'm not on staff here. Everything I do is volunteer, and I get zero checks from them. I'm telling you this for your benefit. I want to see your seed multiply. There's another ministry. Uh, Josh, can you stand up? He's about to go. Go ahead and stand up. He's going with God Loves Kids. Um, 
he's going on a mission trip. To, is it tomorrow? For two weeks, right? For two weeks. This is an awesome ministry. I have vetted it. It's in Rockwall, and they have orphanages, like maybe, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 orphanages. And all the money, when you sponsor a kid, goes directly to the kid. That never happens. And so he's going to go over there and help them build school desks. And so this is good seed if y'all feel led after the church, you know. So anyhow, so again, I don't benefit from any of that, but I want you to benefit. This is my heart. You don't understand. This is my passion. I don't want anybody to have to go through what I went through. Because after the 14 years, it still wasn't easy. Because then I was in the land of just enough, just barely getting by, and that's not fun. So anyhow... Um, the farmer is very, very intentional when he sows a seed. So he knows how much he's going to sow and what he's sowing it for. And so if he wants corn crop, you know, he sows a corn seed. So why am I telling you this? Because oftentimes we just give and we're not, we're not listening to the Holy Spirit. We need to partner with the Holy Spirit and ask him because he can audit the books. Sometimes we're not going to have the time to go research a firm or a company or organization or church, but the Holy Spirit's really smart, and he knows this is good soil, and I want you to give $500, and I want you to sow it for something. Because in the natural realm, money can be used in exchange for goods and services, for stuff or services. So is it like the kingdom of God. So when we sow money, it can be an exchange for something else. I want to give you a couple of stories. I love stories. So I was in a meeting kind of like this on a Sunday night, and we had the best speaker who's one of my favorites. But you know what? I'm in the land of not enough, and it was close to the end of the month, and I'm in panic mode because the rent's due, the utilities due, you know, yada, yada. And I know we're supposed to ask the Lord when the offering plate comes by, you know, how much to give, but, you know, I hated offering time. And I know there's people out here that are like, oh, I dread offering because you feel so much guilt, so much shame. You want to give and, and, and you just feel sick or you see a need and you just feel sick. So that dreaded time comes by and I just knew the Holy Spirit was going to say 10 bucks, right? Because he knew I didn't have enough money to make my rent, right? No, he told me $100. Y'all, that was like $10,000 to me back then. And I'm like, okay, you know, and so I'm writing the check, and I make it out to Sojourn Church, and I knew for certain the Holy Spirit was going to uh, let me sow it for my rent that was due, right? Nope. He didn't obey me. <laughs> I don't know why, but so you got to hear the Holy Spirit. You have to hear the Lord, and he said, no, I want you to sow it for your piano. I'm like, the piano? Oh, my gosh. Well, Lindsay, stand up. This little girl starts praying for a piano, and the Lord answers her prayers over mine, I guess. And I said, Lord, what good am I going to do? If I get a piano, where in the heck am I going to put it? I mean, if I lose a place to live, <laughs> you know, I'm so practical. But anyhow, so he won that battle, and I threw the check in the offering basket, and I said, well, thank you for the piano, with no faith at all. The next morning, I'm not driving you. The next morning, I get a phone call from a friend that I hadn't talked to in a long time. And she said, Sharon, uh, would you like a piano? And I'm like, what? And she said, would you like a piano? I heard your name this morning. 
And I said, what color is it? Yeah, I know that sounds crazy, but my only stipulation was, I just didn't want a white one, Lord. That's only because it wouldn't match my decor. So anyhow, so I, um, I'm just freaking out. I am freaking out. And she said, okay, let me tell you. We have this piano. Nobody's using it. It's taking up space. You know, I really need the money. I was trying to sell it, but the Lord wouldn't let me. And so, you know, I'm like, okay, well, who do you want me to give it to? And she said, I couldn't hear a person's name until this morning. See how that works? So my, the money that I invested in the kingdom went for a good and it's still a blessing to this day. It's still in my home. And oh my goodness, what I didn't tell you was, it's just not a piano, right? It's not just a brown piano. It's this antiques worth a lot of money. And it's got, it's a grand piano. So the grand piano piece is upright. It's vertical. Can you picture that? Anyhow, and this thing is the gift that keeps giving because all three of my daughters played the piano. And then uh, Mallory gets up here and uh, leads worship and plays the piano. So it's still blessing. It's blessing us. It's blessing me. Every time she plays, it blesses me. So story number two. There's this couple, and they really wanted a baby. And they had been trying and trying and trying, and they just nothing was happening. And so they were in a service, and they were going to ask. I think they're asking for a missionary, an offering for the missionary. And the Lord says, give it all. Well, in their savings, it was a little over $2,000. And so they were quick to obey. That's a key, quick to obey. So they give the money, and the Holy Spirit said, I want you to sow it for your baby. So they sow that seed in obedience. And do you know, several months later, they were with child. And then the baby was born and was a healthy baby. Isn't that awesome? Now, look how the kingdom works. It was a, it could have been a medical service or an adoption service, but either way, if you went and adopted a baby, that is very expensive. Or if they had gone and done fertilization, you know, treatments and all that, Lord knows what that cost. So the Lord's return on investment was so much greater than if, you know, if they'd done it the natural way. The kingdom way always is better. Always, always, always. Okay, so last story, there was this, woman that had a child that strayed from God. And this child got really wild and started doing drugs. And so this woman asked the Lord, can I start sowing seed towards not only the child coming back to the Lord, but the total deliverance from this addiction. And so this wasn't a one and done thing. This was, can I do it this time, Lord? I mean, almost wanting to... Can, we're going to give. We're going to give, you know. But you have to hear the Lord because sometimes the Lord would say no. But sometimes, yeah, you can give. This process was over two years. So sometimes when you have a significant need, you have to keep sowing. You have to keep hitting it like, you know, when Moses is supposed to hit the rock with the water. You have to keep striking the ground. And so anyhow, that woman was me. And my son, Austin, stand up. He's, he's my, uh, he came to back to the Lord. He's actually going to be a missionary. And he's totally free from drugs. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! It works. It so works. So anyhow, so moving right, right along here, I am still bawling and squalling because I'm sick and tired of being broke. 
And I'm like, Lord, where am I missing it? I mean, things are getting a little better, right? So now I'm kind of in the land of just enough. But man, if something broke down, I was dead meat. I was in trouble. And so I'm like, Lord, I, I don't know what else to do. What? How am I failing? What's the problem here? And he said, Ephesians 5.26, you're not watering your seed. And I'm like, what? He said, does the farmer abandon his seed? Does he just toss it in the ground? I'm like, no. Well, you've abandoned your seed, and you need to wash the seed with the word. So I started pulling the Bible out, and oh my gosh, there are a ton of scriptures about finances and, and money. And actually, Jesus, that was his favorite topic. He taught more about money than any other thing. And now my computer is, there we go. Um, so anyhow, so then the Lord said, you know, Isaiah, I think it's 48. It says, bring me in remembrance of my word. I'm like, oh, yes. The Lord's telling us to bring him in remembrance of his word. Now, why would the Lord tell us to do that? Does the Lord have a bad memory? Does he have amnesia? No, no. The reason why he tells us to do that is because he knows the power in releasing his word. And you see, the Hebrew priests know this. They stand up and they pray the scriptures out loud every day. And when we stand up, you don't have to stand up, but when we release out loud, we hear it out loud, then it is defeating the enemy. It is stopping his plans to steal from you, to wreak havoc in your finances, or whatever else he's trying to do in your life. And then it releases the angels. See, I want to tell you guys, most of your angels are bored out of their minds. They're sitting on their hands, twiddling their thumbs. They have nothing to do because we're not praying accordingly. It says in the word that um, the angels watch out over his word to perform it, and they hearken unto the voice of the Lord. So the minute you start praying the word, then all of a sudden they jump up, and then they rush off, and guess what they're doing? They're bringing in your business, your accounts, your jobs, the money. They're bringing divine connections. They are busy, 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 busy. You have a team at your disposal. Why not use them? And lastly, praying the word of God out loud, the scriptures, benefits you because it grows your spirit, man. This is where your spirit is, right here. And it'll strengthen your inner man. And so when the enemy comes to lie to you, you're going to be able to brush him off. I call this weeding your seed. So you take the roundup of the word of God and you weed it out. Because those darn weeds, they will choke your crop out completely if you let it go. So what are some of the lies? You've already heard this, I know. Oh, that doesn't work. Well, it works, but it only works for Sharon and Tracy. Oh, that minister, they just convinced me and connived me to give because they just want my money. These are some of the lies. Well, I gave a month ago, and I still haven't seen anything. Well, guess what? The farmer knows when he puts the seed in the ground, he's not going to see an immediate harvest. Most of the time, now, Victoria's an exception to the rule. She's God's favorite. But, uh, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, it'll happen every once in a while, but most of the time, what is it? Seed time, seed time, seed time, seed time, and then harvest. 
it takes a while to get that harvest. So this is where we're headed. We want to have a harvest all the time. So what do you do? You don't do it one time. You need to be a continual sower, a continual giver. It needs to be a lifestyle so that you'll have this perpetual harvest coming in. So anyhow, but a lot of us have these, all these seeds, we've been really diligent, and we're like, I've tithed, I've given offerings, and, you know, my, my life's not any better. And this is the missing piece. It is praying the word of God. So um, I'm going to, if you want to go ahead and get the, the slides ready. So this is how I pray. I say, I thank you, Father, that the seeds that I've sown, you're going to give me a hundredfold return. And I thank you, Lord, that you do give seed to the sower. And I thank you, Lord, that you supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory. And then I kind of got feisty and adamant. And then I would say, but you, Lord, said that I would be the head and not the tail. And that you would cause me to be above and not beneath. You said that I would be a blessed woman of God. That I would be blessed going in and blessed going out. I'd be blessed in the city. I'd be blessed in the country. I'd be blessed in everything that I do. And the blessings of God would come upon me and overtake me. You said, Lord, that you've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. Lord, you said that you desire above all things that I prosper and be in health, even as my soul prospers. Lord, you said that you delight in the prosperity of your people. And Lord, you said that everything my hands touches shall prosper and that you give me the ability to acquire wealth. And Lord, you says that if I cast my bread on the water, then after many days, it shall return to me. Now hear that. After many days, many days. During that many, that's when you give up. You can't give up. And so these are some of the scriptures. I've prayed them so much. I'm driving down the street. And you need to do this at least one time daily. And I have pages and pages of them. So go to the, the fourth slide where it's Luke 6. Because I already prayed some of that stuff. Okay. So um, Proverbs 11.25. You said that because I'm a generous person, therefore I will be prosperous. And because I water, I will myself be watered. It's talking about watering there that's giving. Proverbs 3, 9, 10. You said that if I honor you from, the, from my wealth and from the first part of my produce, produce <laughs> that my barns, my checking accounts, my savings accounts, that's the equivalent, are filled with plenty. The next slide. And then, Lord, you said that I am blessed. And this is kind of, I would get... Lord, you said, you said in your word, you're a man of your word. Do you see how I'm praying? I'm praying, making a demand on God and his promises because he is faithful. Uh, so I, you said that I am blessed because my delight is in the law of the Lord. And all that I do, I prosper. Deuteronomy 39. Lord, you said that you will prosper me abundantly. All the work of my hands and my children, and the fruit of my cattle. Okay, the cattle were their assets. So that's all your stuff. And in the fruit of my ground. The ground is where you would grow crops, and so that's your work or your business. So these are some of the scriptures that I would pray. And if you want the copy of these, oh, and then I have a, let's skip that last slide because I'm concerned about time. Do you want to go to the next slide? Yeah, that's it. Okay. This is talking about um, opening the windows of heaven. I think I already prayed that.
But anyhow, so this was something I did diligently, just like the farmer. He's diligent. He keeps doing it over and over again. And I wasn't going to let go of this. I was not going to stop. And then the Lord said, okay, um, I'm going to show you the Jacob principle. Do you all remember Jacob? So in Genesis 32, Jacob, he's a man of God, right? He's an heir of Abraham. He's, a, you know, um, a descendant. He's, he's in the fold, right? Just like you and me. But he wasn't satisfied. He wasn't satisfied at all because he wanted the blessing of the Lord. So what did he do? He wrestled with the Lord. He wrestled with the Lord all night long. And he said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. So many of you are in a night season, winter season, whatever you want to call it. And you need to get that tenacity and that um, resolve. Hey, Lord, I'm not letting you go. I'm not letting you go until you bless me and you bless my children. I'm going to keep wrestling with you. I'm going to keep praying scriptures. I'm going to keep contending until I see the fullness of the blessing. And we need to fight for this. We, it's not easy peasy. And so why would the Lord have us fight for something that's already rightfully ours? Well, why did he have the Israelites go into the promised land and have to fight for those cities? They went to battle. They went to war. It wasn't easy. You know why? Because he wants you to be strong soldiers. He doesn't want us to just hand us over, everything over to us on a silver platter. You see, he wants to grow us up spiritually, be these, a strong, mighty army. Why? Because we have a strong enemy. And we need to grow up and start fighting because the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. That's God's will for us to grow up, be strong, be diligent, and, and not slothful. And so, like I said, it, you know, this is going to take a little bit of work. So that's what I call the Jacob principle. Now, um, one last thing. Well, no, I'm I am wrapping it up. Okay, so the other thing the Lord told me is a key to you being blessed is not allowing your seed to get stolen, all right? So we've planted it in fertile ground. We know how much and what we're giving for, Right? We're watering our seed. We're weeding our seed when the devil comes at us. Now, we got to make sure the devil or the birds of the air, it talks about the birds of the air in Scripture, that's the devil, that he's not going to steal our seed. So can you do the Haggai Scripture? Where did it go here? Okay. You have sown much but harvested little. He who earns, earns wages to put in a purse with holes. Why? because my house lies in ruins. Okay, so what's going on here? Bottom line, idolatry. That's what's going on here. You see, this is God's people, and they're so focused on their stuff, their houses, their family, their family vacations, their entertainment, their Starbucks, and they are not putting God's kingdom first. You know, we're rebuilding a temple here, just think about that. But they weren't taking care of, of the Lord's place for him to dwell. That was a low priority. So what happens in this picture? 
they are putting themselves before God, and we're supposed to worship the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, mind, soul, and strength. Isn't that the first commandment? Right? And so they're not doing that. So if if we're doing all this stuff and throwing seed and putting in fertile soil and blah, 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 it isn't going to work. If you're not putting the Lord first in your life, you must, you're wasting your time. Okay, so <clears throat> get here, pin drop. Go to the next Psalm 112. How blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty in the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in my house. Ooh, I like that wealth and riches. Don't you like that part? Oh, oh dear, I think it's conditional. No, it is conditional. It's totally conditional. Okay, you've got to fear the Lord. Let's see, if you fear the Lord, that means that you're going to revere him, honor him, and love him. And doesn't the Bible say that if you love him, you'll obey his commandments? Oh, so we have to obey our commandment, the commandments of the Lord, before we're blessed and we have wealth and riches. So there's a lot of believers out there that are riding the fence, right? So they're living in sin. They're shacking up with somebody. They're sleeping around. They're gossiping. They're full of unforgiveness. I mean, whatever the sin is, sin is sin. And I'm not talking about we flub up, right, you know. But I'm talking about this habitual lifestyle of sin. And so here again, we're not going to be blessed. And I know some people are thinking, well, I make a pretty good living. You know, I'm blessed. But you know that Haggai scripture said you have holes in your pockets or purse. So some people work really hard and are doing or and doing pretty well. But you know what? It's disaster after disaster. There's things breaking down all the time. It's like they can't get ahead, you know? And it's like they're on this hamster wheel. Well, they need to consider their ways. So let's go to the next slide. Um, Job 36:11. If they listen, if we listen and serve him, we will complete our days in prosperity. Woohoo! I like that. And years in pleasantness. The next scripture, the reward for humility and fear of the Lord. There's that fear of the Lord again. Is riches and honor and life. So riches is part of being blessed, but so is honor. And living a long, healthy life, that's another blessing of the Lord. So we want all that stuff, but remember, it's conditional. We have to have, we have to serve him. We have to listen to him and his word, what he instructs, instructs us to do. The word is just a blueprint. I mean, like a manual, like, okay, this is the instruction manual. Do this, and it will go well for you. So go to this next slide, Deuteronomy 28. Diligently, diligently, not haphazardly, guys and girls. Obey the Lord your God, being careful to do all, all, not some, all of his commandments. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be at work. Blessed shall you be at home. Blessed shall you be with your family. Blessed shall you be socially. Blessed shall you be emotionally. Blessed shall you be... Um, in ministry, whatever it is, you can be blessed in every area of your life. So um, now it's it's uh, 
I don't know, repentance time for me. I'm going to share a time that I was very disobedient. And this is a big key because I've shared a lot of keys. But this was the biggest key for me because I am broke, broke, and more broke, right? Remember? So we're going back to the 14 years of tremendous poverty, right? And this was really the first thing that broke everything open, okay? This was the hinge. This was the big shift for me. And so I'm, you know, bawling and squalling and crying. God, help me. You know, why, why is everybody else doing so well? And I'm, I'm pathetic over here. <laughs> and the Lord dropped this scripture in me. I, he didn't tell me to turn to it. I just heard it. And so um, if you'll go to the next slide. Malachi. Will a believer rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have I robbed thee in tithes and offerings? You are cursed with a curse. And I was like, it was the dagger that went in my heart. I'm robbing you? I'm cursed? Lord, that's Old Testament. Are you serious? Am I really cursed? I'm cursed? And this is what the Lord said to me. He said, you're not blessed. Wasn't that a nice way of saying something else? You're not blessed. And I'm like, oh, God, forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. I, I don't even know what to do. I'm so broke, I can't afford it. He said, you cannot afford to not give. And I'm like, okay. And I'm, I can already hear people saying, well, that's Old Testament. That doesn't apply today. Abraham was before the law. He gave tithe to Melchizedek. It was 10%. It's also in the New Testament. I could do a whole sermon on that, but I'm not going to. I just want you to learn from my school of hard knocks, okay? Don't be me. Do not be me. It's not fun. I have lots of battle scars. I'll show you afterwards. You don't want to do it. So listen to me. This works. So I said, well, help me, Lord. And he said, give 3%. Well, 3% is a lot of money when you can't hardly pay your bills. But I was so determined. I said, I don't care if I have to eat beans and rice. I don't care if I have to do without stuff. I don't care if I have to put it on my charge card. But I am going to do the 3%, and I'm not going to do it at the bottom. I'm doing it the first fruits. Whenever I get paid off the top, that's what the Bible says. And so I started doing that, and it was a stretch. And then he said 5%. And then he said 7%. And then he said 10%. You know, and I'd be writing the check, and he goes, oh, no, 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 no. You're not doing 3% more. You're doing 5%. I'm like, what? You know, <laughs> and uh, he just never warned me. It would be right there on the spot. So then he said, now 12%. See, 10% is just a starting point. And now I want to give you 15%. He just kept stretching me and stretching me and stretching me. But guess what happened to my finances? Like this, like this, like this, like this, like this, just like a plant. It starts in the ground. You don't see anything happening, and then it starts sprouting forth under the earth. But you know what the Lord said? Hey, girl, it's not just ties. It's an offerings, too. It's offerings. And whenever there's an offering or there's an opportunity to give, I want you to ask me. Remember about the piano? I didn't want to ask him. 
heck no. But I did because I knew I had to obey the Lord. And so it's just incredible. If I look back, I'm like, I can't believe I was that person. I still have the crooked toes, but <laughs> but I'm not the same person other than the, maybe the Lord healed my toes. Okay, so anyhow, so that's my disobedience story. But what happens with when we don't obey the Lord, we get a curse of poverty on us if we don't obey this principle. And, and so we're going to stand up and we're going to break that thing off. Do you know why? Because the sins of the forefathers passed down to the third and fourth generation. And I guarantee you that there is somebody in your family that did not obey this principle. There's somebody that, that didn't tithe or give offerings. And so you're, you have got a curse on you. Now, I can hear, I hear prophetically, and I can hear people's thoughts. Maybe they're online, but they're saying, but I'm doing pretty good. Well, you know what? You could be doing better. There's a lid on you. There's a lid on your future finances because of this curse. And we don't want this curse. The advantage of giving is when you do start really giving and giving and giving and giving, it breaks that stronghold of hoarding, stinginess, fear of lack, and the stronghold of poverty. But we want to we wanna totally wipe it out. Now, stronghold's like a big fortress, okay? So maybe you've knocked some of the walls down, but we just want to make sure. I mean, it's not going to hurt you to pray. Before we stand up, I do want to share one thing. Cause I, I've got this new Passion Bible, and I just love this thing. Where'd that go? So back to Proverbs eleven twenty four. Generosity brings prosperity. Sums it up very well. But withholding from charity brings poverty. Those who live to bless others will have blessings heaped upon them. And the one who pours out his life to pour out blessings will be saturated with favor. Why am I so passionate about this? Why did I want to share this so bad? Because I want to see you all blessed. I don't want you to suffer anymore. I don't want you to be in lack. And I want you to help build God's kingdom. And he wants that more than I do. He don't want any of his kids doing without or struggling to make their bills. That's not our papa's heart, you know. And he really wants all of y'all to be blessed so that you can be a blessing in the earth. That you can give to every good deed and charitable organization at all times. You're just a conduit of his blessing to the earth. You see, there's a lot of work that needs to be done in God's kingdom. And right now, we're not very attractive. I wouldn't want to be a believer. I look at believers, and I'm like, we're pathetic. We're all broke. You know, that's, we need to provoke. We need to provoke the Jewish people and the unbelievers to jealousy by how well we're doing. You know, get the, nobody paid attention to me when I had any money. They didn't even invite me to their parties, you know. <laughs> And there's a scripture about that, too. If you broke, you know, you don't have that many friends. Um, so, so anyhow, but I want everybody to stand up, and we're just going to pray this thing off of you, this curse. And so I'm just going to do a really simple prayer. And so I'm just going to start out, and then y'all just repeat after me. How's that sound? Okay. So, Father, we ask 
that she would forgive our sin of not tithing and giving offerings. We thank you for your precious blood that cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Father, we ask your forgiveness for any ancestor that has failed to obey your laws in regards to tithing and giving offerings. We ask, Jesus, that you would appropriate your blood on this sin. Wipe it away. Break the curse of poverty off my life and the life of my children and my children's children. In Jesus' name. Okay, so I'm going to pray for y'all. Lord, I thank you for every person here, and I thank you that there's power in the blood of Jesus. And I thank you, Jesus, that you became a curse for us on the tree. And by the power that's been invested in me in the Lord Jesus Christ, I proclaim to all heaven and earth and every principality and power that this curse of poverty has been broken off of your people and that they have turned away from their sin and they are moving forward in obedience. And I thank you, Lord, that you're blessing each person here so that they can be a blessing in the earth. And I thank you, Lord, now that you can multiply every seed that's been sown. And Lord, I'm asking that every seed that they have sown over their lifetime that is still in the ground, that they've not watered, that's laying dormant, that that thing would come forth now and that you would give them a hundredfold return. And Lord, I'm asking even the ancestors that sowed their seed and they never got a harvest or a crop from that seed. Lord, I'm asking that you would bring forth, forth a multiplied blessing above bumper crop from every ancestor that has been faithful in giving and sowing. And Lord, I pray that you would burn this in their heart. And Lord, that they would be faithful, that you would give them the grace to do this. And Lord, that you would give your people seed to sow and you would multiply their seed. And we just give you praise, Lord. We thank you that we are going to be mighty in the earth and we are going to be blessed men and women of God. Amen. So, I'm going to pray for you if you want to get prayed for for anything for finances because I have the faith. And, um, you know, I got the T-shirt too, right? But I do have the anointing um, for wealth. And so if you uh, are struggling in an area, I want to lay hands on you. I'd like Tracy and John to come up, the Jacksons, Brad. And, and so if you could turn some music on. And then if anybody wants the scriptures then um, you can ask Anne-Marie or email Anne-Marie, and she can get those to you. I'll send the PowerPoint over. Thank you.